Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth a Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Friday, March 10th, and today happens to be the birthday of Brother Ricky back, and we want to wish Brother Ricky a happy birthday. Do be in prayer for him. He had surgery a couple of days ago and is recovering from that, so pray that God would touch him and help him. Also, keep the halls in your prayers. They're recovering and uh, getting ready to travel again. So be in prayer for them as they make those preparations and pray that God would strengthen them and help them in their recovery. We're looking forward to seeing them in the house of God. Hope they're able to come this Lord's Day. And so remember them in prayer also, if you will. All right. Got that same song by the Moyes family that we played yesterday on the program. Goes along with the message we're preaching. The song's entitled, God's Word Will Stand. And so we've got that song, and then one by the Shepherd family, and then the message. If you'd like to turn in your Bible to the book of Matthew, chapter number 4, we're taking our original text reading from Matthew, chapter 4. Also, we'll be reading some other verses as we go along, but start with that here today. All right? Right before we have the reading now, we'll have a song by our family that I hope might be a blessing. Forgotten, God's only begotten, and the price that He paid for my sin. I must not forget, with joy not regret, He died on the cross for all men. Lord, I As the prophets predicted, despised and rejected of men. But in his agony, there was ransom for me. His blood brought me joy without end. Lord, I Crimson flood, I have no 
Well, amen. Hope that song was a blessing to you. It's a blessing to my heart. I'm glad I know who Jesus is, and I've not forgotten what he did for me that fifth Sunday in June, June the 29th, 1974, when he saved my soul. Amen. Put me in the family of God. I want to thank him for it. Amen. Wash my sins away, and I thank God for it. Amen. Well, we're looking in the Bible at Matthew chapter number 4. And verse number four, the Bible says, but he answered, by the way, that's talking about the Lord Jesus, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, our Lord Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, and he had been fasting for 40 days without food. The devil tempted him to turn the stones into bread, knowing that he had the power to do so. But he said, if thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And the Lord Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. By the way, that was a quote from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. Uh, Our Lord Jesus quoted from that great book of Moses. And use that to defeat the devil. Now, here's the purpose in saying that. The Word of God's important. Matter of fact, not just the words, but every individual word, every word of God is important. Because the Lord said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I've been preaching now on why we use the King James Version of the Bible and been looking at that now for a week. Today makes a full week and looking at why we use the King James Version of the Bible. Now, most of the time, I'll just simply refer to it as the King James Bible. I think that's the simplest way that we can look at it. But let me mention again that I'm not primarily trying to downgrade other versions. By the way, you have as much right to use whatever version you want to use as far as your right to do so. But I do believe that there's a reason why you ought to stay with the King James. And and so I'm upholding the King James, not necessarily trying to tear down the others, but trying to uphold the King James. Now, in doing that, I recognize that we point out error that are in the others. We point out reasons why we don't want to use those. And I'll just tell you, we've got, I mentioned five reasons. We've got theological reasons, textual reasons, philosophical reasons, cultural reasons, and practical reasons. We've looked at the first three already, and I'm not going to run over those again. But we're down to the fourth point. That fourth point deals with cultural reasons why we're going to use the King James Bible. Now, many people say that that's the only reason that we use it. They say, well, you know, you're from the South. You're from the the Bible Belt. Uh, you're from the old school, and so therefore you stick with the old King James, they might say. All right. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Now, you know the commandments. God gave the commandments, and the fifth commandment tells us to honor our father and our mother. Isn't that right? Well, in the spirit of that fifth commandment, then we are to honor the traditions given us by previous generations of our people. If we honor our father and mother, it means we honor our forefathers. Isn't that right? Amen. Of course, if such tradition contradicts the scriptures, then we will reject that tradition in favor of what the Bible said. That's true. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 3, Why do you transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? In other words, we are to uphold tradition when it does not contradict or compromise the Word of God. But when it contradicts the Scriptures, then we must choose the Scriptures over tradition. Amen. We must never elevate tradition to the same level as the authority of Scripture. No. But we should give our forefathers the benefit of the doubt. Amen. 
we should also be careful to preserve all we can that is truly Christian about our culture. You see, America was founded on a Christian principle and on Christian doctrines and was not necessarily a Christian nation. And although our forefathers, our founders of our nation were not necessarily Christians themselves, they were God-fearing men had Christian principles, and uh, we need that again in our nation. Amen. By the way, I'll say this, and I'm not saying it with any animosity, but our nation was not founded with Buddhist principles. Our nation was not founded with Hindu principles. Our nation was not founded with Muslim principles. Rather, our nation was founded with Christian principles. Amen. And we need to preserve and maintain all that is truly Christian about our culture. Now, the King James Version of the Bible has played an important and unique role in the development of American culture. Amen. Many of our schoolrooms in times past were one-room schoolrooms, and many of them were a one-book schoolroom before they had all these fancy textbooks that they have in schools today. They used a Bible. Amen. They learned to, to read from a King James Bible. They learned to spell from a King James Bible. They learned how to behave from a King James Bible. They learned history from a King James Bible. We could say on and on and on. And and so I'm just simply saying much of Christian culture or much of American culture is derived from the King James Bible. It could be said that the foundation of our society is Holy Scripture. And I believe that's right. It's what American society was built upon. And I could bring you numerous quotes from our forefathers that say just that. The theology of the Bible influenced the ideas behind our Constitution. Amen. The men that wrote up the Constitution were men that knew their Bibles, men that reverenced and respected the Word of God. Amen. And the language of the King James Bible is used in the Constitution and is even scattered throughout our early literature. Amen. The revivals that formed and changed our culture resulted from the preaching of Bible texts resulted from the preaching of the King James Bible. Amen. For many years, Americans knew a certain amount of Scripture by heart. Most Americans recognized verses that they learned in school. I remember my father saying that he had a school teacher, and I don't remember the grade, I think maybe the fourth or fifth grade, that she would quote this numerous times to them, especially to the rowdy ones. She would quote numbers 3223, is it, or 2332? I've forgotten which one it is. But it says, be sure your sin We'll find you out. Amen. He memorized that verse before he knew it was in the Bible. Amen. And numerous, numerous people could quote numerous verses that they learned by heart. The American public at one time, most of the American public probably could have quoted you the 23rd Psalm. Many of them would recognize the Beatitudes. They would recognize the Ten Commandments. They would recognize parts of the Sermon on the Mount when they were quoted. But now, the influence of the Bible has waned significantly. I'm saying the Bible does not have as much influence on our society today. People are not memorizing scriptures because they're not sure which one they ought to memorize. They're not sure which version they ought to memorize. And one of the reasons why the decline for biblical influence is because of the loss of a standard version of the Bible. How can people be expected to memorize Bible verses when they do not know which particular version others are going to be using. The Bible says it's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? 
I heard recently of a church back in my hometown that I grew up in that they, many years ago, they switched from using the King James Bible. They've went with first one and then another. I think they maybe went from the King James to the RSV, and then from there on to NASV, and then eventually now I think they use the NIV. And I don't know if that's even their official version, to be honest with you. I don't know if they have an official version. But I was told recently that the pastor stood up in church and told his people that they could just as well quit carrying Bibles to church because he said it would only confuse them. He said that in his sermon that he would use between five to seven different translations that he chose and that they would be confused trying to follow him. And so that it would be better that he would just put the scriptures on the board or hand them out in papers and they could just follow along by reading that big screen or by reading the papers that he'd handed out. Well, can you imagine a pastor telling people to quit carrying their Bible? That does not seem reasonable to me, does it you? But it's because they're not carrying Bibles. They're carrying books that call themselves Bibles, and they're confused about what a real Bible is. Amen. Now, for most of our first 200 years as a nation, the King James Version was the Bible to most Americans. If you said, go get the Bible, nobody thought you were talking about the RSV. Nobody thought you were talking about the NASV, the Living Bible, the Good News for modern man. Different. No, they didn't think about that. They knew when you said get the Bible that you were talking about the King James Bible. And even after so-called modern versions became popular, the King James Bible continued to be the version that was memorized, the version that was quoted, and the version that was publicly read most often. Again, going back to this, I was in a funeral a number of years ago now. I don't know, maybe maybe as many as 10 years ago, I was at a funeral in the hometown again that I grew up in and went to a church that I knew was more modern in their ways. And the preacher got up to preach the funeral. There's two men that directed the funeral, and neither one of them read from a King James Bible. I looked in the pew in front of me, the little holder, book holder. There was a pew Bible. And so I picked that pew Bible up. It happened to be RSV. When I turned to where they were reading, they were not reading that version either. But here's what I noticed. At the graveside, one of them read the 23rd Psalm. Guess which version he read it from? You're right. He read it from the King James Version. You know why? Because people readily recognize that. And that's the scripture they want. Amen. Also, one of the men read from, or either read or quoted from John 14, and in that he quoted or read King James Scripture. Again, you say, why? Because that is the version people would recognize. Now, let me say this. If the King James Version of the Bible is good enough to memorize, that's good enough to preach from. Amen, that's right. And if it's not good enough to memorized, then it's not good enough to preach from, or vice versa. Amen. They ought to be consistent, and they ought to stay with the version. Amen. Just for cultural reasons, if nothing else, that our culture has accepted and understands. But you see, with the demise of the old Bible, our country has been left without a standard text of Scripture. Who can quote the 23rd Psalm anymore? I mean, maybe many of you listen to this program can, but you go to the public school, most of them couldn't. Who knows how to recite the Christmas story? Then the question, if you ask that, who wants to recite it? They'd say, which version? 
You see, everybody realizes that our nation's spiritual and moral foundations have been crumbling. But few understand that it is because of the multiplication of Bible versions that has contributed to the decay of our national standards. Amen. I believe we ought to stick with the old King James Version out of concern for our country's future, if for no other reason. Amen. Why should conservative Christians join in with this mad movement to throw away the standards that made our nation good? Amen. Why should we throw out the Bible that has been the Bible for generations? Why should we go with the flow, as they say, and change in modernity? And I know they people make fun of us. They say, well, you're reading a 2,000-year-old letter, and you're letting that set your things. And by the way, when they're throwing away their King James Bible, eventually they throw away their Bible altogether many times. And in many of these modern movements and this emergent church or emerging church that's coming out of there, they have welcomed in and accepted and approved of sodomy. They have approved of illicit affairs. They have approved of all kinds of wickedness and all kinds of ungodliness and all kinds of sin. Amen. Now, the Bible says this in Deuteronomy chapter number 19, verse Verse 14, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. God said, when you go into that land and you've set up those old time landmarks, don't move them. Listen, God allowed our nation to be founded a little over 200 years ago. And by the grace of, and I say founded, I know it was discovered much before that. I recognize we had people moved in here and settled and established and thank God they did. But our nation as a free nation since 1776 and the Declaration of Independence, Independence, and we won the, the war for independence, amen, many times called the American Revolutionary War, but it's a war for independence from England, thank God, but when we won that war, our nation was established, and it was established with a King James Bible, it was established with Bible principles, and Bible doctrines, and Bible culture, amen, and I'm telling you, we have gone from that, and it's not made us better but rather made us worse. Deuteronomy chapter number 27, verse 17. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight. Remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have set. Proverbs 23, verse 10. Remove not the old landmark, and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Jeremiah chapter number 6 and verse number 14. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. That's the majority of the world today. Even religious people today are throwing out the old standards, throwing out the old time way and going with the newfangled modern translations. Jude, of course, you know, it only has one chapter, verse number three. He says this, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You see, our nation was established with a King James Bible. Revivals have spread across our land with a King James Bible. Amen. I believe we ought to just stay with the King James Bible. Amen. You see, our nation, go back talking about the, the founding of our nation. Our nation is founded on a constitution. In other words, it's amazing that our nation is founded on the foundation. The cornerstone is a 
written document. Why is that? Because it's based on the Word of God. But the written document of the Constitution, and it is jealously guarded against change. Amen. There's an elaborate and difficult amendment process. And I'll say if it takes two-thirds of Congress and three-fourths of the states to change one sentence in the Constitution, why should the churches be willing to accept so many changes in their quote-unquote Bible without serious due process, without extensive study and extensive thought into it? The Scriptures encourage us to stay with the old paths and earnestly contend or fight for the things of the faith that have been handed down to us. The most important possession which we have is to continue in the faith which is the Bible, the weapon Satan hates. Amen. Well, to hold fast to our Bible. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. As that concludes another week of radio broadcasting, we do hope you have a great weekend. I hope you'll be in the house of God on the Lord's Day. And I'd love to take this opportunity to invite you to come and be with us here at the Island Ford Baptist Church, located at 1415 Island Ford Road here in Madisonville, Kentucky. Our Sunday morning service, Sunday school starts up at 1015 a.m. and then the preaching time at 1105 a.m. as well. And the folks here at the Island Ford Baptist Church are going to give my wife and I a special dinner on Sunday afternoon after our morning service in honor of our upcoming wedding anniversary. So there will be no PM service on this coming Sunday. Love to have you come and be part of those with us. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.